Hey everybody, welcome back to the discussion phase. This is our weekly board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love. To talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host Brady. And I'm Matthew. And we got the squad in today. Say hey, John and David. Woohoo! And David. (laughs) All right. On today's episode, we finally did it. The numbers are in and we are working our way through the collective discussion phase top 50 today, starting with the 50 through 41 And then we're going to finish out with a board game head-to-head. So as always, stay tuned. And buckle up. All righty. So John has been so gracious this week as to work all of his Excel sheet magic um, and put together the collective top 10. So what that means to set up for the episode is that we all built our own list and then he put them all together sort of like a power rangers droid type exactly. of thing so this it's is like, like the ultimate if list. anyone ever played Yu-Gi-Oh, you know like exodia yes you have to get like the head and then the arms and then the legs that's basically these lists being you know combined one of the proudest moments of my entire life was i was at back in the day when kids used to like go out and do stuff i played Yu-Gi-Oh and went to a barnes and noble Ooh. and i opened a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and there was a the head of exodia in that's, the pack that's I wonder a, how much that would be worth today. Right there. It's actually not worth that much, to be honest. I looked um, it up. Yeah. Sad. But well, I was way more into Pokemon after yeah. that. Well, what's everybody been into? I know John and I, oh, we, so good. we got in, uh, no one else wanted to get together last night, so John and I got it in a game of Cloud Age, which has been sitting on my shelf for months, and um, we, we were excited to get in it, but honestly, the one thing that's kind of been holding me back from wanting to play it um, before now is that, you know, sometimes, you know, you see... Um, a lot of times in films or movies, they just stick these people's names like Steven Spielberg has like 50 million producer credits for movies that he's never actually been involved with. They just stuck his name on it just to have the clout yeah. with yeah. it. The same thing you see with like, uh, there are a handful of games that Simon stuck uh, Eric Lang's name on it. Um, but he really, it didn't seem like yeah. he had that much involved so with it. Eric so Lang came by and went, oh yeah, it looks good. And they're like, bam. There's your name. There's uh, the just to kind of get your reputation. So I was kind of... Um, Leary, like, is it, were they just putting Fisher's name on the box or how much was he actually involved in the making of the game? So John and I played this last night uh, and I can say that I regret not getting it to the table yeah. before because it is, it is solid. Um, the main idea is that you're in this post-apocalyptic kind of wasteland where these anarchists have destroyed all of our fuels and resources and um, there's a lot of just barren dry desert land and you are flying around in these blimps kind of uh, your player board is a blimp that's your player pieces trying to collect resources and water um essentially kind of revive civilization Mm -hmm. a little bit um the main um mechanisms is that there's three phases in the game there's production there is movement of your airship and then there's kind of action selection um the board is broken down it kind of look and i mentioned this to you the other night is that the board it makes me reminiscent of something like Quest for El Dorado. You have four or five different uh, hexes out there, larger hex boards, and there's hexes in between those. Uh, and you're trying to move your airship through these boards from left to right. So it's like a long board, yeah. a singular board that you're trying to move from one end all the way to the other. Because on the other end, uh, it's not a race as far as like you get to the end, you win. But at the farther end of the board are a lot more to kind of rewards for conquering some of these different mm-hmm. cities. 
Um, but so you want to build up a little bit of an engine of movement. You want to build up an engine of basic combat. But one thing you do are also trying to like plant these tiles of greenery on the board as well to get bonuses and kind of bring life mm-hmm. back. Um, it made the card play is very reminiscent, kind of make me feel like something like with Maracaibo. Um, they're not multi-use cards, but the kind of the way the cards are lined up with their cost, uh, their instant actions. And the thing is, every time you play a card, you also have to discard a card yeah. from your hand, which you would think, oh, that's no big deal. It but got tight real quick. Cards are almost a resource mm-hmm. in this game, how hard they are to get a hold of. Uh, but you build a tableau. You have your green type cards, which are your instant kind of bonus cards. You have your blue cards, which are persistent abilities, either give you in more energy, which is kind of like a auxiliary type resource that you use for multiple different things. You can increase your movement, increase your base power. Um, there are yellow type cards, which are um, bonuses that you get in re- victory points for different related actions. Um, so those are kind of, it kind of had the, that kind of feel of kind of it. I wouldn't say an engine building, but yeah. uh, making your airship a little more powerful. You made noticeable improvements over the course of the game, right? Yeah. As you're upgrading. And, and the thing I enjoyed about it was there definitely seemed to be multiple kind of different avenues you could go, depending on what you wanted to upgrade on your ship, what resources you wanted to target, if you wanted to try to get to the very end. Um, I think the game did a good job of kind of directing you through the use of these mission cards, which are cards you get at the start of the game, which will have uh, two different objectives, kind of like end game yep. scoring. So say drop a cube off in this city and have you know at least six combat strength at the end of the game. So it gives you a little place to kind of start. Um, yeah. And, and I, you'll get another really one of those it. about maybe halfway through the game, you'll yeah. get another one of those. Uh, you kind of give you a little bit more direction. Yeah. It also had a little bit of the kind of mechanism that I feel like I enjoy more and more is that when someone takes a main action, so after mm. everyone's done their production, done their movement, then there's a little action board. And when you take an action, you get the main action, but everyone else gets kind of a little bit of an auxiliary, mm-hmm. kind of little minor version of that action to take. And then when someone else takes their main actions, it's likewise. Um, and there's two main kind of card systems in the game. There's the standard um, kind of, they're called project cards, which are essentially characters with the instant ongoing yeah. or victory point conditions that you play, you put into your little bit of your tableau. Uh, but then there are these larger navigation cards and they have values that range from zero all the way up to four. There's only one zero that starts in your starting deck, but essentially at the beginning of each round, you draw two cards from this deck. Um, your lower card is placed in your discard pile and then you choose that value. So let's say my lower card is a two. I either get two energy or I get two project cards I can draw into my hand. The next card the higher card, then you lay on top of that, and that is your base movement mm-hmm. for the, um, turn. the turn. So it, kind of, it is a little bit of deck building because you can actually call that deck. So yeah. one main action you can do at the end of each round is you can go and you can acquire these better cards. Well, there are only three of them available um, to take. Uh, so you can acquire these, maybe a three-strength or a four-strength mm-hmm. card. Um, and so you can kind of, it's very light, but you can kind of build your deck to get increased movement speed and increase kind of, um, passive yeah. resources, either through cards or through energy, uh, which energy you spend to either draw more cards or to help you win in some combats. Um, so would you go on to say that this is your mo- your top essential deck building game? No, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. Has it replaced Arnak to fill that position? Not yet, no. No, okay. but it, it was definitely really smooth. Um, yeah, and thing is, the- you can play pretty quick. Yeah, you can play pretty quick. It, it took us a little bit longer, I think, on the first play, just because there's some unique aspects to the game. So that collecting resources mechanic was really cool. The way it worked is there's actually stickers you put over a sleeve that kind of simulates a cloud. So you can see 
corners of the card. Um, so there's oh. four different resources, and each card has a three value, a two value, and two ones. So you don't know if I'm going to go collect water, if it's going to be three water, two water, or one water. But the edges of the card, uh, they're all different kind of um, designs on them. You can kind of see there's four different territories. You might see there's a large lake on the bottom of this card, so maybe there's more water. So there's a little bit way to, a little bit of mitigation there. It's not there. perfect knowledge. But it's it, kind of it a little bit of push your luck with it, but I, I think that it's definitely... Um, but it's like lighter than Great Western Trail. Oh, oh it's, yeah. it's a lighter John and I game can play, for sure. Yeah, John and I can play this in 30 to 45 minutes, the two of us, after we played it once. Yeah. You play a three-player game in 60 minutes. And it's four-player? It goes up to up four? To four players. Okay. The only one thing that wasn't in the game, we may have missed in the rules, but I don't think it's in there, that I think maybe they took it out just to, so it wouldn't be too heavy maybe. of a game, yeah. was the tension on the board. Because essentially, you're trying to conquer these cities as you travel uh, that have been taken over by these anarchists. You're trying to defeat the militia because if you do so, you get more rewards. You get victory points the further you go. Early on, you get water and cards and some different resources, but later on the game, you get a lot of victory points. But the way the base rules are is that you can't conquer the same city twice, but everyone can conquer that same city at least once. And I was kind of talking to John. There are a lot of different cities on the board that if you, I think, you very easily could make it and actually make it a little more interesting. The decision and route you took is that because you can never end a space on someone else's airship. And so people can kind of block you off a little bit. Uh, and I think that maybe that's the same way in like Quest for El Dorado. Uh, but if they made it to where we could even house rule at that, the number of times that city can be conquered is one less than the number of players. Mm -hmm. So in a three-player game, each city could only be conquered twice. Yeah. So everyone can't just be following each other along with the same line because you, you there's a left side of the board, right side of the board, there's different kind of paths you can take. But that would kind of either make a little bit sense of urgency because there are some mission in-game cards that uh, encourage you to kind of conquer specific yeah. cities on the board. And, and at first I was worried like, oh, that would really stink if you had one city that, you know, you had on one of your mission cards that someone else conquered. But the way that the um, the city wants, it gives you a list of three and you only have to get two of the three to get the max yeah. points from that card. So really, if you lost one of them, it wouldn't be crippling to your your strategy. Uh, and the other thing I liked is that um, it was a way closer game than I was expecting. 95 Matthew seemed to, to be running away with it. And um, what ended up happening is I came back uh, with some end game points that I'd maybe focused on a little bit more and came within one point of Matthew and uh, he took home the win, but it was yeah. fun. It's really interesting. It's, it's different. I don't know that there's any mechanics in it that are maybe necessarily unique, but it gives you all those good kind of combo kind of fister type feels but in a much lighter package but still you're making interesting decisions hashtag fister like feels yeah because there's no there is no like this game ends after eight rounds uh, the game could be shorter or longer the game ends once somebody has conquered their eighth city or in a four-player game their seventh city um and so you know i think i, I prefer those kind of end conditions better than like a set number of rounds. I yeah. love the tension of, of not necessarily knowing yeah. when. Because the there could be a round end. where you aren't, you either choose not to conquer a city because you want to go and get, because there's resources on the board that you can choose to travel to. And yeah, and David, I know you, you're you the one in the group that has Quest for El Dorado, and this is where it felt like it is because there are certain resources on the map that aren't on cities, but they're like more steel or more water or cards, but they cost more movement actions mm -hmm. to get in and out of them. And so you're trying to pave your way through an efficient path um, based on how much movement yeah. you have per round. And I think there's a lot in the game we didn't really explore either. There are some Strategy. of the, the greenery, you know, tiles that you can put out for resources or points we didn't really no. do too much with. Um, but I, th I think it definitely warrants an extra play. I think Brady would enjoy it. There's not a lot of like... 
there weren't many times. I think there was one time where Matthew kind of blocked me off of where I wanted to go, but there wasn't any negative player interaction. Uh, and the, yeah. like Matthew was saying, more being able tension. to take a, a secondary action when someone maybe takes the more powerful action you wanted to do mm-hmm. um, feels at I least pretty nice. I am interested to play this one. Yeah. Have you have you looked at this any, David? Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, I'm curious how much of the input was a sister design over the other co-designer. Mm-hmm. I can't remember yeah. their name. And that was um, and that was my kind the, of concern. The well, cards the, feel kind of fister. The card feels very fister like some of the other interplay maybe because it was a co-design. I definitely think the card play because it has the type of thing like it does in Maracaibo like there is a engineer card mm-hmm. that get, or there that maybe you get so much uh, resources so much energy for every type of this you have but then you could play a second engineer card later and now that engineer action is stronger because you have multiple of them mm-hmm. type thing the same thing in maracaiba where when you play multiple of the cards each time you play the sub- subsequent one it makes it the action yep. stronger um there's like and then there's like the cards where you can play that makes things for the rest of the game cards you can play for a little cheaper or different things like that all right well um, speaking of quest for eldorado really quick because i know david has this one and he might not be the only one in the group that has it uh pretty soon but david did you order it um, I did not order Quest for Eldorado. I have been waiting for Quest for Eldorado because it hasn't, they haven't had the Heroes and Hexes expansion that I think would make the game a little bit better. And so I actually, that's been out of print for like forever. And I ordered that expansion Ooh. In, in anticipation. Now, what expansion someday. is this? So it gives uh, like variable player powers essentially to the game. And uh, you like start off the game with like a slightly different deck. And Do you have this expansion, David? Probably. No, I, I do not. I've actually tried to look into see what, what the, you know, where to go from Quest for Eldorado because I don't, I don't know how much better the, the other ones make. Like I just haven't looked into it, but I certainly would want to. Um, I will say this, Brady, if you, if you haven't, you need to set up a notification because there's a mini expansion on BGG um, that adds two different types of cards um, that are fantastic. And I would def- I, I include in every game. They're really great. I know Jacob has them too, but um, is this a mini the like on promo that you thing that you have? No, they're not really promos. Um, one is, I mean, it's a one is a brute that just automatically yeah, yeah, okay, automatically okay. lets you move on to the three space. Yeah, and then I forget what the other one is. They're like binoculars, but um, yeah, but tell us more about the Heroes and Hexes. Yeah, so the Heroes and Hexes, it just starts off with like a fun little, everybody gets this in their deck, um, and I think it's just a one-time use card, but it's like an animal companion. Mm. So one person maybe gets like a monkey, another one a parrot, another one like a, an elephant maybe or something yeah. like that. Oh, um, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everyone starts off with that, and it so it, it gives you like a, a unique card to start off the game but i think it is either one-time use or or something where you it's not like great in the long run or whatever but it sort of gives you everybody just a little bit of a a unique start and then it gives you heroes and i think these heroes are based off of like the generic um or the i guess the iconic um they are genericified um but the iconic like um you know jungle trekking people like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And so I think they have like parodied versions of all of those, like Lara Croft and Indiana Jones. And what's the dude's name? Nathan Drake. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can like recruit those. You kind of have to like go find them, but you can recruit them. And they, those are like more powerful versions of, you know, different things. So 
Nice. Um, yeah. So but I've been looking for that, that one. I have, to, I have to play. Yeah. I it's it's light. It's quick, and I really I, I really enjoyed. It. I know there is like the kind of reprint with like the upgraded graphics and larger cards and different stuff like that. But I think it's like a Europe. European kind of limited mm-hmm. edition oh, stuff. Okay. You can technically order it, but but it, the artwork doesn't match any of like the expansion stuff. So this if you want to like get the expansion one of the content, very very few deck builders up there that I think is up there with Dominion. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Also, too, we got well, in earlier. Just, the, yeah, David. Oh, I was just gonna say that it's it's just a clean de- like it's such mm-hmm. a clean design, and so far I've not like it's it's a testament that you, you know, usually after three or four plays, you're like, all right, I, I feel like I want something yeah. more from this game. And I played quest for El Dorado probably six, seven times. And I'm, and I'm still just fine the the way it is, but I'm with Brady definitely looking into yeah. uh, some expansions. Well, I wonder if this one made it onto the discussion phase we'll top to 50 see. list. Oh, now, one thing I would say is that definitely it's the player tension that mm-hmm. adds a lot of the replayability. Speaking of replayability, Absolutely. one game that we haven't gone to the table in a while, just because there's been some sour uh, sour grapes in the group, <laughs> uh, rightfully so, is with, is with Scythe. And so oh. I got the modular... <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Dune, didn't you? I did, think, I did actually <laughs> think you was going to no. talk about Dune. We got uh, the modular... I've had it for oh. a little while. We haven't gotten to play. This is the modular setup for Scythe. Um, this makes um, all the starting locations for the factions. You get to select in kind of a draft setup. Um, and there are multiple hexes for the starting kind of four corners for the lands. They're double-sided, different rotations. Because um, one of the main complaints that we've had, um, especially for those who haven't played it as much, is that it's very easy for people who have played it 50 plus, 60 times, which I probably well over that when I include all my digital plays. I've played this game well over 100 times is that I kind of know the, my first seven to mm-hmm. 10 starting moves with almost every faction and where they're at. Um, and that's not, that's not like, it's just kind of comes with a lot of replay, playing yeah. the game yeah. a lot. And it just for comes us, with it. filthy casuals who've only played the game maybe 10 times. I'm on like um, three. We don't have our first 15 opening moves memorized yeah. with and the, each faction. Yeah. And the so. thing is, way that is set up, there are kind of certain factions that need to kind of get in different spots and stuff and kind of challenge other factions because you have a neighbor to your left and your right. And if a neighbor isn't challenging you, um, then that kind of makes it yeah. a problem. And, and the thing is, an issue is like one of the games we played recently is Steven's on, Steven and I are the player that the most. Steven's on the other side of the board from me. So there's not I can, a lot I can do. And, you know, his neighbors aren't keeping him in check. My neighbors aren't keeping me in check. And so it, it kind of turns into a, even though there's multiple players, it still turns into like a Steven and I. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Scythe, though, and, and I don't know why maybe this one felt worse to me to to play against, like, you and Steven more than other... Because there are Euros that I've come in and never played, like Great Western Trail, right? The first time you played that, I just got beat down. But uh, it's definitely a game that rewards multiple plays, and that skill gap is very, very evident because, you know, you can rush down, yeah. you know, your your amount of stars and, and end the game, and I'm sitting there with, like, one or two yeah. in the... And that's where this modular setup completely brings new life into it. We played it twice back to back this past week, and I absolutely adored and loved uh, the game like I haven't in, in a while because all that kind of pre-exposure to the game and knowing these are your pretty good kind of starting moves based on my player boards and my uh, faction boards, these different locations, that's all kind of thrown out the window. Now, I mean, it still kind of rewards a little bit. Hey, you know how to like, you want to, get your engine going. That's where it rewards repeat play, but it doesn't reward like, hey, these are kind of like the straightforward like moves. I have a good idea of what I want to do, but I don't have like moves mapped out and stuff. And I absolutely 
loved, loved, loved this modular expansion. Honestly, the I would only be thing okay. that just drives me insane about it is that um, is that they release the modular board with the smaller board. And what's mm-hmm. crazy is that someone who like went out of their way to buy the larger board um, is the same person who's going to go out of their way to buy the the modular yeah. board. And so it's like why they yeah. didn't include... I mean, you know, I'm not there. upset or mad at it. Also, too, one of the reasons why they did the modular board is so that you can play it at lower player counts. So what we, we played a three-player game, and what we really should... We played it a three-player game. Three-player game. Yeah, what we really should have done is that when you're playing at those lower player counts, you take away one of the land tiles from the board to make the board tighter. Um, so in a two-player game, you would play with only maybe like two main boards. Like we could have played with just three boards in our three-player game, and obviously in a four-player game or higher, you'd play with all of them. But it can, kind of simulates a more focused board because if you're playing two players on the regular scythe map, you could literally, literally never come in contact with each other the entire game theoretically yeah. and this that changes that up a little bit so i um honestly i don't really have a desire unless other people wanted to just play on the base game because i i made me fall over in love with the game over again just because yeah. i got it just that keeps sense you of challenge on your toes. like you go yeah. into it and you're like okay i've got to come up with a plan so how right it now. yeah so how it works is everyone's randomly given their faction or i think you random you, you know everyone's everyone's given a player action board and then based on the the number on that board, we do a draft. You draft your faction, Which, and then you place your faction. If there's any way to increase the enjoyment of any game, is it's adding to a draft. start it off with a draft. Yeah, and so when you draft your faction, you also get to choose where you place it. And then that is also, I mean, this is a game to where a rewards repeat plays. And I know I've always talked about, I enjoy that, a game like knowing where you want to set up your faction on the entire board based on the faction's abilities based on the Riverwalk ability and based on what the player mat you have to get your engine going most optimally, you get to choose where you want to start. Um, and if, I mean, there's no way you can ever get around a, something like that where more plays do give you better strategic uh, yeah, ways of looking game, at it. Really. Yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, if, you, if the argument or the complaint is always, you know, will someone plays it more will be better, it's like, well, I mean, I feel like you—that's what you want in a good game because we yeah, could always just play. For sure, we could play Uno or something. It just doesn't make just, it as enjoyable. I mean, it's the same with like Super Smash Brothers. Like, it's not fun to play Super Smash Brothers with someone you are just completely destroying. Well, but, for me, I love that. What you love destroying? You've never people? experienced. No, that, no. I know. when we first started playing Smash, I spent months and months and months of nothing but total humiliating okay i take back what i said and i got it to the point it was fun to destroy you over and over and over again i wouldn't necessarily <laughs> and i say but to me i enjoy else. that challenge of like i am absolutely getting wrecked hey, Matthew, but i know there's a way i can get you better. ever have a game where you only got 18 percent damage yeah <laughs> okay yeah that's tough that's okay um but i to me i enjoy knowing that there is a way that i can get better and then yeah i can do, do better. And I feel that with some games. Scythe is, is one of them where, and I, to be fair, the so we played with me, you, and Jacob, and the first game, we both, it was supposed to be a Daddy Matthew teach us how to play this game, but it did not turn into that. It turned I, into no, I walked you, Matthew, this is what I would wiping do. wiping the floor with us as Jacob and I only had like one or two stars, maybe, I and s- then you like... I was still playing the game, but we were talking through why I was doing things or why you may want to look at this, yeah. or, or this is how you may want to get your engine going, or these are objective stars that you may want to look at getting mm-hmm. based on your faction. Because um, you need to know, hey, maybe I just need to completely ignore this objective, these objective cards in the game because they're going to slow me down. Because it is a game, even though it's not a race game, it is a game of efficiency. And efficiency means you can do more with less actions. 
And so if you're going around just picking up encounters all game or you're just fighting people without getting any benefit from it or you're completing objectives that take you five extra turns. Someone specific and right now and I don't appreciate it. Well, I'm just saying that if your goal (laughs) is to have fun, you can do whatever, right? But if your goal is to maybe win or if your frustration is not winning the game ever, (laughs) then those are ways that you can you can do better in the game. You have totally valid point. Scythe is a game where you have to you, you have to know when to ignore John, things. John does not know what yeah. went down that night because <laughs> uh, there are a lot hey, of like fun distractions. Ma- David, Matthew, I have a great idea. So what we're gonna do is when we go to Pack Unplug, you're gonna give me your copy of Scythe, and I'm gonna walk around saying like, "Man, I really need some people to play Scythe with," and I will set it up. And then someone will come like, oh, you know, I love Scythe. And I'll say, okay, cool, because I don't really know that game that well. And then we'll say, well, we need one more player. And then Matthew will just be hanging on the corner and be like, oh, hey, I've always <laughs> wanted to learn this game. And then we'll say, well, look, why don't we spice things up? Let's put some money on yeah. the table. And then Matthew, you just come in and wreck shop. And we'll hustle everybody. Oh, I love it. Is is Scythe on the Maybe list we'll put our vaccine the, cards as the gambling pot. Is David. it is it on oh my gosh. <laughs> is it on the list for the world gaming championship thing? Is that one of uh, that the one they have in Vegas? No. No. Okay. At least from the last time I checked it, no. What a bummer, Matthew. Yeah. But speaking of that, yeah, David, you and I are going to PAX Unplugged. I'm actually leaving after work this Thursday and driving up. Oh, is that fa- that soon? Yes, this oh. week. Yep. Wow. So I'm driving up after work on Thursday and then we'll be leaving early to head old over to old Philly. Yeah. So I was. We. I've been gonna. Look- my, just, I don't know if you know this yet, but you're gonna mediate a little uh, exchange between David and I. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm also gonna be a, a a board game mule, bringing stuff back for y'all if y'all want it. <laughs> um. But I'm absolutely excited. I think David, is this your first board game convention as well? Yeah. This is gonna be my first con, and I am psyched out of my mind am to I just ever go to Philly, mind? hang out play some games, go to like a, a street vendor with some cheese steak so they can fill my mouth with some cheese whiz. Food it's poisoning. <laughs> poisoning. David, I will care for you when you got, get food poisoning. Um, but I'm excited. Well, that'll, it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, David, you sent me a list of games. They haven't really like in Essen or stuff. They haven't re- released a list of these are definite games that we can get. But real quick, I've, you sent us a link of games that they're previewing. So like you can go and you can play these games at tables with people teaching you. I don't know if that means that they're going to be available or not. Um, but I've looked at the list. I'm sure you have as well. So I'm, I would I would assume that some of these would be available to purchase. Would you not think? Yeah, I think they will be. I think the thing, though, about PAX is PAX is, is more focused on on playing games than something like, say, yeah. Essen or um, what's, the, what's the big one? Not, not Origins. Gen, Gen Con. Gen Con, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah and so, I've like, been to Gen Con and, like, and a lot of it's like buying and stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, yeah, and so, so, I was going to say, I'm excited to play games, but I'm also excited to like come back with like this haul of games as well. I was like, I will oh, be... I will be Absolutely disappointed. And I had a dream a week or so ago, and I don't know if I told you about oh this, gosh. to where you, me, and I think Brady, and maybe John, we were all at PAX Unplugged together, and we got um, distracted by being at the convention hall, and I think aliens showed up at one point, and we were trying to fight them back. Um, but I just remember this this feeling of really like pain and frustration when I looked in the hall where all the publishers are set up, and like they're all packing things away. And they say all of our games are gone. Wow. And I didn't get to go in and buy a single <laughs> game. And I was just so mad, so frustrated. Like I woke up out of my dream upset. So I at least I at least want to buy some stuff. I do know that Van Ryder games will well, be there. So that's at least one publisher yeah. I know that will be yeah. there. We're going to what is it, Final Girl? Or I know David's excited about that one. That's been getting real good reviews. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, that's gonna be that. first 
first order of business is when we get there, man, I'm going to head over to Van Ryder Games, find our good friend Byron, and cough up all my money so that I can <laughs> get Papa Byron. Uh, Final Girl. Yep. Well, a couple games that I am excited about and hope they're there. They're, obviously, they're going to be there to be previewed. Uh, one is Boone Lake. Uh, the next bigger, kind of heavier game, I think it's maybe a 3.56 or 3.54 uh, kind of in comparison is uh, by Alexander Fisher's Boone Lake. A lot of reviews and stuff that I've been looking at is it's got a lot of that rich card play from Maracaibo, multiple use cards. But then it has a little bit of that Terra Mystica feel as well because you have a player board with all these different uh, people or houses or settlements or some different livestock and you're placing them out. But it's all about adjacency to your players, much like with Terra Mystica. It's all about having room to move, but also measuring your adjacency to your players and then it has kind of an action wheel um the longer the actions are on there the bonuses or penalties with it but then also you take your actions everyone else takes a lesser version of action so a lot of the reviewers said there's not like a lot of new things with this game it's just a it's a mixture of a lot of good things that a lot of people enjoy it's like hey i don't have to have the the wheel reinvented here but so I'm excited for that one. Also, I've uh, looked at some other ones, and honestly, Capstone Games, David. I know you like a lot of their titles. They've been they've been rock and rolling here because uh, they also have Corrosion coming out, as well as uh, um, what is that? Is it Nova Arc or Arc Nova? Yeah, Arc Nova. That's supposed to be like if you like terraforming Mars, Mars. that could be then uh, yep. you know something else that you can dip your toes into. Yep, it's it's kind of animal, kind of park. Um, like a zoo kind of themed, but it's it's uh, it's not whimsical like it may sound just describing it. Uh, right, so those well, are a couple that I'm, and also Origins First Builders, another one by Borden Dice that I'm excited to look at. Well, I am excited to have even more games on the backlog that we won't play for another. Like we've got year most, and a we've half. got most things played. Brady, we've got most things played. All right. Well, before we get into our main topic, the last thing I want to mention is that we did get. A, another GC game in of Dune with John's upgraded pieces. Only and, took a year in one month. Yep. But shout out to everyone working in the shipping industry right now. It can't be easy. And the really the only thing that needs to be said about that game is that I won. And, Heck yeah. Um, yep, and it, so we just need to move on. And you immediately like it a lot more now. Yeah, it's hey. just shot way And, up and the way. important thing I think in, to qualify that is, is Brady won in, it wasn't because of what I did but I had the opportunity to probably stop him or make it harder, um, which would have been choosing Matthew to definitely win over that. But I sat out and basically Matthew let, let it run its course. John did the ethical thing, which was he could not win. So he what he needed to do was step back and allow the two people who did have we're a shot contention. at winning. Well, the only thing about the only thing I'll push back about that is that you and him were the only one in combat. And so it's like him stepping back was giving you the victory. It's not like he stood back and let you and I duke it out. By him stepping back, you won the two victory points for the last combat. We tied, and then you had a tiebreaker. Yes, but the thing that I would say about that is you had a plethora of opportunities to jump into the combat because you had like an army at the end. You have to have the action spaces, and you have to have the cards to deal with that. And you gave up those action spaces and the cards to try to get Mm -hmm. other points. I didn't have the opportunity to get in there. No, you definitely pitched your last two turns to just buying cards. You could have engaged in combat, but but didn't. Um, Like I said, the only thing that needs to be said about this game is that I won, won? and we just we need to move on. It was a close game, except for me. I got like seven points. You got to do an Imperium, right, David? Yeah, and we played it over the thanks over Thanksgiving. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it, and I wish I could have jumped in on that game with you guys um, to try out those juicy upgrades. I can I can send my box along with Matthew to PAX if you'd like. 
If you'd like to just touch them, feel feel the storage. Yeah, solution, then we'll you know, have to bring that back. Heavy, <laughs> that hefty first player coin. Yeah, I don't know if CGE is going to be at uh, PAX Unplugged, but we may be able to pick up the Leaders expansion uh, for Arnak as well. Oh, All right, yeah. yeah, that one's on my list. Okay, so well, speaking of some of our favorite games that we're getting played lately, let's jump into our combined list here. So how we're going to do this, how I, I would like to do it, yep. is we John has sent us each um, the list, and we don't have them revealed yet. So you guys are going to be seeing what our list is, um, with the exception of John, yep. uh, as we are seeing it. So we are going to just go to number 50. Um, we John has set this up to where we just reveal it one at a time, so mm-hmm. we're going to go through that. Um, but before we get started, so how did you guys set up your lists? Because yep. did I, you just do like, bam, I, your top 50? I exported my entire collection on BGG, meaning all games that I have played or own, and yep. I exported the entire thing. It was only 120-something into um, Pub Meeple, did like 400 oh. or 500 comparisons. Um, 400 or 500. It was a lot. I yeah. was sitting there watching, uh, the Avengers oh, just word. hitting left and right yeah. on my arrow keys. And then the, the list it spit out, I have edited a little bit. Okay. Um, wow. Well, that see, way more effort I, than I d- could not do that cause it would have been well over a thousand <laughs> comparisons. So I just did my board games ranked eight and above. Yeah. That's why I did those. And that was a total of like 75 kind of what games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's good having a more than the fifties. Cause that way it just gives a little leeway. Some other stuff may pop up. You didn't realize it. Yeah. So I essentially my 75 highest rated games, I made my list out of yeah. those and I did comparisons and it was a little bit of a combination of, it was a combination of which ones would I, or am I willing to play the most? Yeah. Do I think are better designed and a combination of fun factor? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of all those three things that makes me pick one game over another. Cause I think like a game like Liar's Dice, if we're only judging games by fun factor, Liar's Dice is way up there, right? But Liar's I, Dice is yeah. way up there, period. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But, and so how we ended up collaboratively rating these games yeah. is so if I put a game, like, you know, Liar's Dice, for example. At number one. At number one, then Liar's Dice would get 50 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I rated something as my 50, it would get one, one point. point, right? And then, yeah, so then the spreadsheet aggregates everyone's weight per game and then combines it in the top 50 is the in descending order from 50 to one right. um, on those weights. So, yeah, so we can anything just... else to add? David, how did you do your list? Uh, similar to... Uh, Matthew and you, Brady, I just took my rankings 7, 7.5 and above, organized them on PubMeeple, and then edited after the fact because sometimes those don't, don't always spit out quite yeah. how I like them. And so if there's a game that I, I think I like a little bit better or I find more fun, yeah. then I'll just... I was really it, surprised because you know, some of the games that I had ranked higher, if you just look at my rating, actually dropped a little bit lower hmm. when I did the PubMeeple. And then when I actually objectively analyzed, you know what, that's probably right. Yeah. And so we can kind of just take turns going through here well, revealing. I, as long as y'all have. So I was working on the job and had to update it a, a second time while we were recording. So as long as everyone's got the updated... I, I believe yep, I had the one you most recently sent me. Um, all right, so we're all going to click visible yes um, at the same time. Ready? Yeah. Yep. Number 50, we have coming in at the official top 50 board games of all what? time from the discussion phase. We have too many bones. I, this one was Let's not go, on my list. Baby. Wait, yep. 
So this so, game is not was not on any. We can look here and see whose so list it's it was on, on. David's number seven, and that's yeah. the only reason yeah. reason it's on the list. Yeah, yeah. meaning it's, <laughs> David, got, it's got forty three points. You, so, yeah. um, so David, you want to tell us what Too Many Bones is, kind of high level, and, and why it is so highly yeah. rated in your, I, your you guys list. played it on the cabin yeah. trip for about six and a half hours. So <laughs> yeah. it's got to be something. Uh, that's an exagger. That's an exaggeration <laughs> for your, sure. It's so, your number so seven, David. It's your number seven. So it's high yeah. up there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Too Many Bones is a great game because it allows you to do that thing that we all love to do and that just grow more powerful as you play the game. It allows for some great tactical decisions and it offers uh, a diverse cast of characters that you can play. And we all love our asymmetry in yeah. our game. And so it's, it's dice, it's neoprene, it's uh, waterproof. You can play so it in the bathtub. Play it while yeah, you that's the only the thing I know about this game is that it's waterproof. <laughs> That you can play it in the bathtub. And yeah. so, um, honestly, it is it is a great, great, great game. And I think Chip Theory Games, which is the publisher, is probably one of the more creative. I think that them and probably Van Ryder Games are, are some of the most creative publishers out there, really putting out things that are, are really unique, are really different. And I'm looking forward to other things that they have. But yeah, Too Many Bones, um, I cannot recommend it enough. I was hesitant about getting it. I traded away on Mars and Oath Oof. for it, and uh, I think I definitely got uh, the better at the end of the deal. <laughs> I don't even know. It's not on my list, but that was a fantastic trade. Yeah. I think this may be a co-op, Brady, that you, you may like. You may, you may This might be a co-op that you like. Those are few and far between, David. Freaking Jones. awesome powers. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Let's go to 49. Everybody ready? I hope you're not looking. I'm not, I hope you're not Mr. Peekster over there. No, nope, I'm you. checking. He's not. No. Nope. Okay. All right. Number f- coming in at 49. There we go, baby. Is Pandemic Legacy. Oh, hang on. Hang on. You, you guys, you guys are on the wrong spreadsheet. You guys are not case. on the updated list. No. So so I'm going to go through and I'll be the one that reveals the game to make okay. sure it's, it's John, correct. You so this to us. Uh, number 49 is For Sale. Okay. A game that is on both Brady and David's ranking. Brady has ranked that at number 27, and David has ranked it at 31. Yeah, I did not have this on my list at all. So I, this I is enjoy me and David? Yes, sir. All right, yeah. yeah. For sale, super simple, but like, like surprisingly deep um, auction game once you um, once you like play it a little bit more. And mm-hmm. David, I don't know about you, but it reminds me... Um, I think there was like this story. I can't exactly remember what it is. Where, um, someone someone um allows you to bid on a twenty dollar bill. I think maybe you've told me about this, Matthew. Um, and people bid on the twenty dollar bill, and they end up bidding way over the twenty dollars because they're like in that deep. And this that happens in this game with the way the cards come out. Um, essentially you're trying, you're bidding on properties to then try to flip those properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you obviously want to want to spend less on the properties than you get, um, than you sell them for later on. Um, and so you can have these weird things where you get, uh, two very different properties, one that's very low value and one that's very high value. And people end up just bidding and bidding and bidding because they don't like the contrast is so wide where they're like, well, I'm already in, I don't want to pay eight dollars for a number five um so i'm just going to keep going up and so you just yeah this game super deep and you can play it with just about anybody yeah well and and the thing too is like auction games once you know the barrier to entry is of course it's hard to evaluate what you should bid when it's a very first game 
Um, but and then after a couple of plays, it just it really sings, gets groups riled up, and I think that's what a good auction game does. Is yeah. it, it gets yeah. you riled up and excited to see you know how far are you can you push people to buy something so, yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just been a while since we played it last um, yeah. and so that's probably affects it on the list more than um, anything and else. it also has unique um card art for each um each piece of property and so people mm-hmm. get attached to them oh, they're like no, oh okay. this is a tree house this no, is no, a castle no. i haven't this played this one yet, so yeah. don't listen to that's that's great. that's, that's oh, it's it's so good. You're like, look at you with your stupid little doghouse. I'm over here with like my international space station. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, it's it's, just, it's it's so great. Yeah. Um, all right, that's right. our number forty nine for sale. All right, so moving on to forty eight. Here we go. And number forty eight. That's it right there. Deception. She made it on the list. Yeah, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. This is all you the way up at Brady's all five. out of your minds <laughs> for not having this on your I, list. No. I cannot believe this is this the is, best party game out there. Disagree, disagree from a party game perspective. I'd rather play Telestrations over this at a party. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with this game. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great It just feels so lifeless. Game. Like, I'm not involved in... It's just... When you have a lot of people, the most, there's yeah. so much to to yeah. look at and honestly the last round of the game is the only one that's interesting because if you're playing the game competitively to actually win no one's going to should be guessing in the first two rounds and it should be at the very end of the third round it's almost no you that's skip not true unless you want all the glory for yourself exactly and yeah. you want to slap think, that thing i think thing brady did the that the first round. time i played i was uh i can't remember how it works i was a murderer and or maybe i was the the person that's supposed to help the murderer kind of accomplice accomplice and i pointed somebody out and then um immediately was called out on it or, or something like that no no no. it was the reverse it was i was the person who knew who the person was and i was going really hard at them yeah. and then i immediately got got shouted yeah got, I, so. I, to me this is definitely one that i'm not gonna be mad if we don't play again uh, there are just so many good party games uh just the, the deduction type games where i feel this one just draws things out and you just don't have the opportunity to I'm be involved with it. I'm a little surprised. I know that you guys all hate it. I'm a little surprised that Jacob doesn't have it on his list. Jacob has uh, a lot of other... I had to, I had to double check on yeah. my computer to make sure I had the, the right list. But It was on the honorable mention. Also, there were some extenuating circumstances in the past week that I could not actually update my list update. the way I wanted to. So, uh, Jacob, you're here. I had no clue you were here, Jacob. He, he Hello. Can't hear anything, Jacob's but voice is a little shot, so he's kind of on the sidelines a little bit, but he might listening. jump in here in a little uh, uh, sporadically. Um, if there's a, an answer that needs an explanation from Jacob, he's he been partying a little on. too hard. But I think one of the things I like about this game is I love um, those like team spy games like The Resistance mm-hmm. um, and. Don't mess with Cthulhu. Yeah. But those are a little too intense. And for casual players, like they do not, like a lot of people feel very uncomfortable with like looking someone in the eye and going, you're lying or being told that they are a liar. That can just like totally shut mm-hmm. people down. And this one just True. stifles that a little but bit. Of the This game of Deception is, if you like ring games, the games that have flopped the most. This is my most flopped game of all time with Deception. And this is me purposely picking it to play with people who aren't comfortable. Like it, yeah. Well, who aren't comfortable being like super into these like Don't Mess with Cthulhu or Coup or uh, those type games. Sure. And they just, for this, some people just don't get the concept of 
they're like constantly, what are we trying to do? And then they don't feel comfortable making a guess because they feel like they're letting people down or they don't feel comfortable. They're, they're not keeping track. And, and this is like adults I'm playing this with Yeah, uh, people who've gone to college or, or they have kids or they work as a manager at a store. It's like, I mean, I just present yeah. it as like the, a new version of clue. And if you, if you present yeah. it that way, I feel like a lot of people kind of yeah, understand but, that you're hey, trying listen, to find a it still weapon. made the list is a top 50 of all there were, time. There were over you're 180, right there were like a hundred and 50 or so unique games that made it onto the list or 126. I'm sorry. And th this is what I like about, and this is kind of why we designed this because I know I may be in the, like the most in the minority on a lot of like, stuff on a lot of stuff. And so I knew if we did, you know, just kind of rank them that like half my games you want would your not voice make to be it heard, on Brady. the list. And so yeah. I wanted to be able to put a few games so high that you guys couldn't kick them yeah. off. So that's number 48, <laughs> Deception Well, murder. and I will, let me just add this. Yep. Let me just add this one thing here. Uh, if Sam had contributed to this list, Brady, this would probably be in her top 10. So there's, you know, there's yeah, that. Yeah, that's I, right, so Sam. Yeah, and I don't just like a it, shout but, out. Yeah. We did have our um, contest, which I guess we will announce later, um, between our list yeah, we're, we're from last week. week. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that Sam picked my list, so I was very appreciative of that. And Wait, we're not, we're not doing it this week? No, we can't do it this week. I just hadn't drawn a name yet, so I was going to get it together. I'm sorry that Am I, I had to lead? put together. Sorry, I had to put together. <laughs> oh, we can announce who won. I was going to say for the giveaway, getting all the people together. Oh, okay, okay. I want to know who, like, yeah, which we list can, we won. can give it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll yeah, do that we'll, later. Yeah, we'll, later. We'll, all right, so okay. we're going to number 47. Yep. And number 47 is... Everdell, oh, Brady's favorite game that involves small creatures. Wow, Jacob ranked this a 50. It barely I made the list. respect that. So Jacob has it at a 50, but our friend David has it as his number four, See, which is pushing it into David, the top 50. David, you've got 50. some explaining to yeah. do because you have done nothing but poop on <laughs> yeah. Arnett, which is a just as beautiful a game and just as basic of a worker placement game, if not slightly less basic than Everdell. So go right ahead. And I thought, David, you also said recently that Everdell has dropped some in your rankings so i'm curious as well yeah so here's the thing with everdell is it it's a really great game it was sorry it would be a horrible game if it didn't have the one constriction that actually makes it good and that is that it's a tableau building game but you can only have 15 cards in your tableau i thought so you were gonna you say squishy choose. berries that that was my well. The squishy thing. berries are are quite nice, and you know, and I will say, like Everdell, the the art and theme and the production does a little bit of the lift. Uh, well, probably does a lot of the lifting for the game, and I would argue the same thing for Root as well. Like if if Root was about some like obscure war in the 1700s, no one would give a flying flip about that Excuse game. Excuse me? Um, but are, you out of, are, you, are you out of your mind you're right now? You're not starting a war with me, David, but you're starting a war with several other people in this room. But oh would you guys gosh. not Would you guys not agree with that? Would you guys not agree with that? I agree. Because Pax not. Pamir makes me want to fall asleep. See, but like, I, I literally just, yeah, just to looking me, at the board. I love Pax Pamir. I love Pax Vikings, and I think it is a crying shame that we don't get that sandbox Viking game out and played more. Well, was it, it on your well, top three? So, we can uh, take a look at that. Because we've only played it like once. Yeah. And I can't uh, put it on my top list. Anyway, like that. that proves my point is that some of that, that, that it does a lot of lifting. But anyways, Everdell is, is a great game. I've introduced it to uh, other people who maybe other more heavy worker placement games might turn them away. Uh, the theme is great. The art is great. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it hits right for me. And it was one of those like first games that I started playing. And I, you know, and I've said before, like 
something like Arnak is just competing with so many other midweight Euro games yeah, that I like already Everton. love that I that I don't need to add. Yeah, because like, why do I need Arnak when I have and then you know whatever yeah, and other think, Euro I, game that I have? I, I think you told us this the other day that if you had come to Arnak first before Everdell, it'd probably be the other way around, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's probably, I mean, that's probably true because they're both pretty multiplayer solitaire. I mean, they're both resource management. But I, I am, the thing, though, that maybe gives it the edge is I am a sucker for Tableau Builders. Mm. And you might, in my top 50 games, you'll see a lot of games that just give you cards that are either multi-use or that you lay out in front of you and then just give you repeated powers over the game. I love Tableau all Builders. I hope, all so I hope Everdell is, hits that note. All I hope is that Terraforming Mars made it higher up on your list. There's only three spots higher than Everdell, but Terraforming <laughs> Mars better be one of them. Yeah, I don't Mr. feel Builder. the same I think Terraforming Mars was low on his uh, overall rating, but... I don't feel numbing. the same way about the Tableau Building, which is maybe why I... You know, put Arnak so much higher than Everdell. Yeah. I do agree with you, David. I do like the constriction of the 15, but I remember every time I've played it, I've hit that 15 limit yeah, early. Yeah, you start like replacing them, but which, it's, but you know, it, maybe is the But it's not, but like you replace them, but replacing them doesn't really allow you to do more things, I feel like. Hmm. Um, I just wanted to continue to grow. Yeah, because, because you have to, it's, it's like Concordia in that you have to time your production versus point production. Hmm. Very well. You have to know when you make that switch because in Everdell, what could happen is you end up with so many resources and then you didn't produce enough points. And so you have to be very conscious conscious about when do I make that switch of getting more resources and being efficient with the ones that I already have to start producing points and, yeah. and snatching up the, yeah. the point moves, and which is, you know... I. I like that aspect of strategy. All right, the one saying, thing, real quick, the one thing I do hate about that game, David, and if we ever play again, I, I refuse to play with is that seasons mechanic to where like. Oh, I do too. I I detest it as well. I detest it as well. So yeah. like I'm I am I am with you there. It, yeah, so it doesn't because don't you, don't those, you worry about it. Those who don't know, essentially, the person who progresses first flips over a seasons card, and there'll either be good things or bad things that happen to you. Like you lose abilities to do this, or you gain ability to do that. Um, but it affects you when you get to that point. So the first person to get to that point unknowingly has this bad mm -hmm. thing happen to them, where everyone else behind them mm -hmm. gets to see it and prepare for it. And it just makes no sense strategically or mechanically. Um, it's just some obscure thing they decide to add in. But I'm glad you were in agreement on that. All right, so that was our number 47, Everdell, on David's four and Jacob's 50. So we're going into number 46, mm. game of all time. We have Raiders of the North Sea. And so, this is pretty moderately ranked on both John's and Jacob's yeah, list. Yeah, so I have this one And it's not on Matthew or I's list. Or so, David's. Yeah. So yeah, I have this one ranked at 32, and Jacob has it ranked at 21. Um, I just think this is a fantastic kind of midweight game. Um, I enjoyed the theme of it a lot, right? Your Vikings are storing up on resources to go out and, and conquer the the land. Um, another reason this is highly rated is because it's a game that my fiance likes and will play uh, that's not like Splendor. So that's always a positive note. Uh, but I, I think for a midweight Euro, this one has some cool mechanics. You know, you place a worker and you pull one up so you get two actions. And there's some tension if someone maybe pulls up the worker that you wanted to on your turn so you can take the action still because you can place yours, but it might not be in the order because you place first and then you pull up afterwards. So, um, you know, there's some tension that I enjoy for how midweight the, the game actually is. Um, there's some good expansions too that add some additional um, things. And I think they have the greatest card sleeves that any kind of deluxe edition has. I love those Raiders of the North Sea uh, card sleeves. All right, well, while Jacob's not here to defend himself, this is, here's my beef with um, with Raiders of the North Sea, and it's not quite, 
it's not quite as big of a beef as it could be. So my mm-hmm. thing is, I appreciate it as a light to midweight Euro game. And I think Jacob went all in on this and bought like 45 expansions to it. And the last couple of times I've played, yeah, 45. Um, the last couple of times I've played, we've played with all of that. And that, I think, takes it from that light midweight Euro game and like at throws in way too much. So I, I think I like this one with the base game and maybe a module or two from the other things. Um, but this one starts, and I do really like the different colored workers and you're exchanging them that's very unique um but yeah i, I think the last time we played we played with way too much and that kind of turned me yeah. off the thing is it's not the quickest game um i just feel like the same length there are some other games that have a little bit more interesting decisions it's not bad um it just didn't make my top 50 totally fair criticism i appreciate your guys opinions i still think it's a good game there's only Agreed. two expansions just to clarify it's not a lot it comes with metal coins in the base game so and the resources are Worth, nice baby hey. all right yeah architects of the west kingdom did not come with metal coins. well i'm i have uh paladins of the west kingdom on my christmas list which i've heard is the best rated out of the three i really enjoyed the theme they just announced uh i think uh there's something about the Nile um, or something like that, a new trilogy that they're coming set in like Africa or something like that. Um, so okay. we'll see how that one is. But yeah, yeah. They're, um, I can't remember the name of it. Diseases of the West Nile? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so that's our number 46, Raiders of the North Sea. John, what's coming in at number 45? Number 45 is Woo! a party game. Wavelength. Wavelength. Thank you, David. Let's go, bro. If Steven was on this list, which tragically Steven goes through some of his like MIA uh, deals and we, I, we reached out to him to try to get him on the list. Um, so hopefully before we finish the list, we can maybe get some of his top games in, but um, Wavelength, David, why don't you talk about that? Maybe we lost David, but Wavelength was ranked uh, 32 on David's list and uh, 20th on Brady's. Um, So Brady, do you want to give an overview of what the game is and maybe we'll get David back? All right. Um, So basically, really how I describe um, Wavelength is it is just more than more than it is a game. It's just the best conversation starter that I have in my board gaming library. And that is really, um, you know, like. It's it's one of those party games where you really don't care about who wins for the most part. Um, you probably shouldn't play it with too many people, but it just gets some of the most ridiculous conversations going where you're trying to evaluate um, one thing versus another and how far it is on this extreme or that extreme. And it is just so funny. People will just start defending, uh, you know, things that they don't even would not even care about or would not even come up in a normal discussion yeah. and they are just passionately arguing for this Bray, what's my number one crime or sin that a, that a party game can have uh well i my thing is uh, well, no, no, no. any what? game it is downtime well not the, even worse than downtime in a party game that is how long the game goes oh. and a party well, game of yeah. wavelength should not be playing over an hour long which we have been we've sat in on an hour-long game of and I, I feel you there and I think I guess that's where I go this isn't necessarily a game this is just friends having a good time and talking so I think if you can separate it a little bit there sure. from have from a game and going you know what maybe we're not necessarily feeling like this brain burner we just kind of want to talk and have fun conversation um, bring out wavelength so yeah 
All right, that's our number 45. I like it quite a bit. I think it's pretty good. There he is. There he is. All right, we're back, David. Yeah, David, you have this well, on I, your, I, I think your, your was your 32. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's a good addition to, like, the code names, the crypto mm-hmm. universe, I guess you could say. And uh, when, when people, like, when the light bulb clicks of what exactly you're trying to do, yeah, um, it's... I, I think, you know, they really get excited. I mean, we just, we played this over the Thanksgiving break and we had to, you know, put like the, the I think the category was most hate, like a, a really hated person versus like a, a well-liked person. And you try to read the room and I gave a clue and, you know, they were thinking like, oh, well, definitely like this. And I was like, oh, I may have judged <laughs> yeah, people exactly. a little bit. Yeah. A little, <laughs> so, yeah. I think one of my favorite moments was at the last cabin trip we did. Um, The prompt was effective or ineffective. And of all of the things in the universe that are either effective or ineffective, Stephen chose um, Hornet Spray. And it was just the most random thing. That would be like right in the middle for me. Yeah, but I think it was like slightly effective, but they nailed it. It was like right in the middle. And it was just, that's what I love about this game is is going, is just being on the same wavelength. And I think the the title just captures the essence of the game. So So you score more points the closer you are to exactly being on. I think the mechanic of it is really great, really smart. I just like. And it's a clever device as well. Oh, yeah. It's it's practical. It's it's very good. Yeah. I just. Just the length of it sometimes can um, be a little frustrating. All right, so that's our number 45. Uh, moving on to our number 44 game of all time, we have Don't Mess with Cthulhu. Okay. Now, let's go, baby. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love this game. It just didn't make what, it into the top 50. I don't think any party game made it, spoiler, into my top 50. <laughs> that surprises Ooh, me, Matthew. Just wow. be, I, I may be wrong, but like I said, when I'm making these lists, it's fun, but then I, I, I mix I, it in with mechanics and with the design. And so the lack of design and mechanics to me was something I appreciate in games, which obviously is personal taste, outweighed the the, the fun that yeah, it did I, I will say the, the amount of games that Matthew has on this this group of 10 is the lowest out of the, the five of us. So yeah, I, I have not had a single ranking <laughs> on any of these games so far, but so don't mess Cthulhu. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's essentially, um, you can hidden think of it kind of hidden role game, kind of like, um, with, uh, resistance or anything like that. But these people are cultists. Everyone is given, um, uh, these tiles in front of them and you're trying to either the tiles can either be blank or they could have a kind of a clue a little bit of a tome a little bit of a rune sign on there everyone looks at their tiles but then you shuffle them up and put them down in front of you and so you could say tell someone hey uh, you had the flashlight so you get to choose someone and choose one of their tiles and hopefully we get all the rune mm-hmm. signs and defeat Cthulhu say hey I know I have one rune underneath my four tiles here, but I don't know which one. And we all have so many guesses. Someone else says, hey, I have three rune tiles underneath mine. Someone says, I don't have any. But the thing is, one of these tiles has the Cthulhu underneath it. And if that's picked, the game is over. So some people are either lying and saying, hey, I don't have anything underneath here. And actually, they have a bunch of rune signs. They don't want you to get it because they may be a cultist. Someone else could be a cultist and you don't know, but they say, hey, I have two rune signs over here. Pick mine. But actually, one of them may be uh, Cthulhu. What's really bad yeah. is when you're not a cultist, you have like a bunch of rune signs, but you also have Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you need to pick mine so that we can actually have a chance. When you give multiple rounds, you don't have to get them all right then. Sure. But like, hey, don't come anywhere near me. And the tricky thing is you don't want to necessarily let people know you have Cthulhu 
because someone who may be a cultist, when they get a chance to pick a tile, they may purposely go after you because yeah. they know you have Cthulhu. It's 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 so good. There's like multiple levels of ways of strategizing it. Yeah, this wanting one to definitely keep knowledge gets, and wanting to share it. This one definitely you can introduce to anybody, but it gets deeper the further you go with it. I yeah. just describe this as um, a baby Cthulhu or a baby baby Cthulhu, a baby resistance. Um, that you could play with. Uh, See, like I think I think group. the strategy in this is a little bit more than. Well, I resistance. think it's it may be a little bit more, but it's not as abrasive, and you don't have to look at somebody sure. like you're a liar. Yeah, you know, sure. you can kind of yeah. The, so because the thing is, someone could be telling you the truth. Um, but like say I've done, we played the game before. It's like, Hey, I have two rune signs underneath my four, but the two that they pick they are pick both the, 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 the blank ones. And then right? you know, they don't believe me, but just, it's not my fault. You're just a lot less likely to be, I guess, to be like caught out, yeah. right. Yeah. As being a liar. You don't have whatever. to stare someone in the face and try to hold a, yeah, exactly. hold a, hold a, not smile um, or something David, like that. So this one super high on your list. Yeah. What do you think about it? Well, I see one thing, Matthew, maybe that you can do is, is when you look at your games, because this is kind of how I do sometimes when I'm judging the quality is what is the game setting out to do and does it do it well? And Amen. I think that don't mess with Cthulhu knows what it's trying to do and it does it so freaking well. Yeah. It is such a fantastic game. It evokes, I mean, I, I introduced it to um, our family over Thanksgiving mm -hmm. break and we were just, I mean, we were laughing and crying and just like accusing, but then like taking a, uh, uh, accusations back and like doubling, just like, and just everyone is yelling at each other. And it is, it is so, so, so good. I, I because what, what it does well is that it lets you lie about everything. Mm -hmm. You can lie about everything. And I think yeah. then trying to just be big brain and suss out the different lies is yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and if you're a cultist and you play it cool for the first three rounds, and then by the final round you can like make that that gun for it because you've kind of gotten enough information, yeah. you've convinced everybody, and and maybe you even convince everybody else that someone who's an investigator is a cultist. I just it's oh, so great. And so, that's so that's so true because you can be a cultist and you can be helping out them saying, hey, I have these rune signs over here. They they pick them. They know you're yes. truthful because the thing is the only way the normal people win is if they get all of them thing is you can still win the cultists if they have all but one and then they still pick cthulhu and so you can be as helpful and trustful as far as you want to push it just as long as you get cthulhu i, I know there's some like special ability type cards i think we played with them a couple times i can't remember um if they really added a lot but i, I honestly it may be one of my favorite but uh, if you i will say if you're looking for social this deduction game, there is no there. The only version to get is the deluxe version. That I actually have the regular version, and it's Ooh. just worse in every way. In every way, yeah. So I, I actually just um, I just picked up, and this is probably silly, but there is a Korean like limited edition small print version of this game that's called like No Touch Kraken or like Don't <laughs> Don't Hit the Kraken, something like that, and. And I and I purchased it for like ten bucks um, because it's like it's more pocket sized. So I'm excited yeah. to, to huh. get that. But don't mess with Cthulhu is is great. And I would put this game up above any just about any midweight Euro game. And I guarantee you, it'll be a better time. That's for crazy. More yeah, I mean, it was your number eleven. I do think with the smaller group, I still really love Coup. 
Um, but if we're playing a game, a group with like six to eight people, I think go mess with the Cthulhu. I think two two is oh, just yeah. a harder game to play with new people. They, oh, they yeah. really just yeah. do not understand the subtlety of that game. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyways, let's go on to right, number, number forty three. All right, John, what hey. do we have at forty three? On number forty three, we have a game that's oh, wow. recently been added to the. This is the first cr- direct crossover right collection. Here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, both Matthew and I have. Agizia Shifting Sands ranked at 25 on our list. So right in the I'm middle surprised. of our list. Um, I think a large reason why I ranked this one high, and I think it's because of Pub Meeple, really. Um, I've only played this once, and I did win the game, so that clearly helps. But um, I really enjoyed the mechanics of this one, um, kind of how it works, the different cards, the the feeling you have of I could go all the way down to get this card, but then I couldn't come back to do these actions. And yeah. um, being able to place your own value on on different things and plan your strategy around that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a game I have only played once as a caveat, but um, I, as I was comparing it to the other games that I've played, I just like the better. Yeah, I've played it three or four times now, and I, I love that concept. You can go... And you can take any action you want on your turn as long as it's down the river from you. And if you choose, the thing is, man, it's all about what do I think my opponents need and what do you think they're going to do next? Because that's how I think mm-hmm. of it when we're playing. It's like, you know, Brady's going to want to do this. Jacob's going to want to do this move. So they're likely not going to choose this one. This one may make it around next time for me. It's like almost kind of like a draft. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of gives you that same tension of a draft. Yeah. of like, is that's it going to get back to me? Or someone else is going to take it when they get an opportunity to it. Hmm. And I know last game Brady got absolutely burned on the last round of the game because there was an action he needed to go to because I ended up going there, but he had an opportunity to go there first. And so it's like at the end of the day, it's like Brady, if you had gone there, I mean, <laughs> I you know had a chance how much to. you enjoy bringing this up, and you're not going to get a rile out of me this time. I did not put this um, on my. I'm surprised. List. I thought you were, you've really in, enjoyed the whole that mechanical concept. Well, I love the mechanical concept of like you can you know you're on a track, you can keep going but never go back. That is amazing and should be in significantly more games. Um, mm-hmm. I think this one is a combination of two things. It's um, I we really just have not played it that much. I know I've only played it three times, which compared to a lot of other games is is not that much. Um, and if I'm honest, probably that last game <laughs> soured me a little bit. And yeah, so and yeah, there it is. But it's just that yeah, like I think the draft is. I haven't thought about it before, but it almost has that draft mechanic. Is is it going to get back around to me? And then you always have to prioritize like. What are the three actions I need to do more than anything else or it's going to cost me 10, 15 points? And then sometimes you just got to sacrifice. You know what? I only may take two or three actions this entire round of the game, which can be hurtful. But it's like if I don't do that, I'm missing out on significantly more. So I have to be willing to like, you know what? I'll let them go through, pick these little things up. But I know those three actions are worth way more than if I took seven mediocre actions. And I think that balancing of weighing the value of those actions is just beautiful. Um, you know, and the thing is too, the more we've replayed it, I've actually enjoyed it more because you know what cards, because every two rounds you get a new deck of cards. Um, I believe it's how it works. And so you know what cards are going to be coming out every yeah. round if you do it, but you don't know which of the two rounds those are going to come out when they do, or sometimes the, the cards will be higher up on the river or lower down on the yeah. river. And so what just gets you is when one of the and, really good cards is at the very end and you're like, how much am I going to have to skip to go and get it? And I think one thing that hurt Brady that game too, is he was going for the pyramid and the one card that gives you points for what you have on the pyramid didn't actually show up because not the entire deck comes out. So it's one of like the two cards that weren't actually selected at the end of the game. Yeah. So I didn't have that. And so Matthew keeps saying, what are the two or three actions that I need? And I only needed no every, every one action. It didn't come out. Every card comes out. No, it It didn't. All the tiles don't. 
Are you saying no. that? No. We either every, played it wrong. If every card's supposed to come out, we played it wrong because there were two left in the deck at the end I'll of the game. I'll go back and look. I thought every, every card did come so, out. So, yeah, I like full sent it on the pyramid, and then the, pyra- the scoring pyramid card didn't come out. So that kind of shafted me. And then on top of that, Matthew was very snazzy and jumped on my thing with his... Two moves on his first turn. I'll yeah, point so that there out. you can gain special abilities in in the game and choose to use them later. Later, and one of them was you essentially get to two, take two actions back to back, and that's what I used because everyone said Matthew when you picked it, why did you pick that up? There's not much time left in the game to even use no, no, it. No, no, I knew it was. I knew that was. Fantastic. And I used it. It was, but I have I have been pleasantly a surprise, and I think that like some other games we mentioned, the replayability comes with this: is your knowledge of the game. The more you know, the more strategies. But then the tension of what are my opponents doing adds a lot to the replayability. Yeah, of this. I just the I'm feeling a little less like that with the replayability, just because I think the best part of the game is the track, and the scoring is just I think kind of mediocre. You're really just like, you know just tur- turning in one resource, which is like stones or whatever, um, for like, you know, to put your brick on the thing. And so it's like, you're doing the same thing on the obelisk that you're kind of doing on the pyramid. They do it slightly different, but I don't know, like all the scoring feels very samey for well, the most part. There's different scoring cards that go with those different monuments. Uh, I know the obelisk gives you bonuses to go up on either the market food market track or the stone yeah. quarry mm-hmm. track the pyramid has some cards that go along with it also too knowing some of those uh sphinx like in-game scoring cards i have an idea what those do and they're all kind of similar but then they focus on a little bit of different things they either focus on your crew strength they focus on having done things in different locations uh and so knowing those as well i to me i i'm excited for more for more of it but that's our number 43 Brady, though what you what Brady just described there about the scoring feeling samey is is Brady. You've just described the plight of the midweight euro. So there the you plight go. Plight of the midweight euro. Fair enough. But Brady, Absolutely. you live for the midweight euros. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I disagree with like a, a lot of them. I feel like, but all right, and that's our number forty-three. Gizia shifting sands. One of our newer games to be played made the list. So right. I have a feeling it's only going to go up. Fingers crossed in the future. Uh, but forty-two. Uh, we have coming in hot um, wow. is Power Grid. And this made it on almost wow. everyone's list at 42. Except for um, yours, Matthew. Except well, for mine. I'm a little surprised with you, but I th- it, it is kind of surprising that... I th- th- honestly, this John, is I thought it was on my list, but crossover I crossover of, of any game so far. It's been on yeah, it was, it was David's 47, Jacob, Jacob's 46, so it didn't get a lot there, um, but it was Brady's Your 29th. John's 21. Um, I'm honestly, I may have overlooked putting power yeah, grid in my list. Um, yeah, I may have just overlooked it. Um, but I know I've talked about it, um, a lot more here recently. Um, the such odd, a solid game. Yeah. And this, this, the tension is all about when do I swing for the fence or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, when do I take that turn where I've been kind of cruising in last place or towards the end? And now I just got to take off like a bullet and hope nobody else can yeah. catch up to me. And I think one of the most important things about this game that wasn't really explained to me before we started playing is um, playing with a shirt that has a front pocket. So you can <laughs> stick all your money in it. Um, so you, cause yes. one of the, you don't have, you to, have to keep your money posh. public. So Brady always has his money pocket yeah. that he kind of goes I, digging into. And I play this with my money laid out in individual groups for the actions I want to take and I still win. So it's just however you want to do it. I do like the bidding in this game. I think it's it's yeah. real fun. Um, it's tight. You know, you, you 
like knowing, always are debating did i overpay for this like yeah. this person's going it's for almost this should yes. i, have done I this can challenge round. them so they don't get all this you know specific resource for free or for low cost or yeah. you know and I those moments good. when you when it's kind of down to you and another person bidding on a on a power grid and you're going mm, like do i let this like good one go and um you know for this price or do i uh or do I try to outbid? Yeah. Um, but if I let it go, there's a chance that I could get an even better one or, or worse. a much worse one. And yeah, so yeah. like that tension, and, and then you can kind of look around. That seems a lot more random than it is. You can actually look around the table and, and know which ones have come out. And so in those crucial moments, you, you, you're a little more, um, you have yeah. a little more knowledge. And, and, yeah. and I, I, I definitely enjoy this at a higher player account. Cause I think it just adds the tension yep. to the, the bidding in the market and the resource uh, acquisition. It and just that's makes funny all that because most, I think most of the people who would say they like power grid would say you would never play it with more than four, which is funny. I do want to go back to, we were talking about Agizia and rules clarification. So I did pull up the rules and you do discard unused cards. So not every card is uh, okay. bound to show up. So that would be helpful to know going in. Cause I'm sure you were assuming that card was yeah. going to come out in the and last And it's unfortunate round, because it was like two, if I remember. Yeah. So it's two out of it's like, very minimal out of like, I don't know, close to 13 or something. For that fifth round, there's only one round that those yeah, cards yeah. come out. So, but it could have so come out in the fourth unlikely. round too, though. Like no, the, the fifth, the fifth round is its own deck. It's one, two, okay. three, four, yeah. and five. Yeah. Um, okay, so right. let's go on to the last one for the episode. I think we're gonna end this one on a banger here, Brady. Yep. Are right. we? Oh no! Number forty-one. We have liars <laughs> dice. Liars dice. It's oh Forty-one. This. What is wrong with you? Can you, you imagine people? this game got this high? On a respectable board gaming podcast, Jacob, top 50 you're dead to me. John, you're dead to me. Matthew, you're dead to me. Jacob or David is my only friend in this world. Apparently, how dare none of you put this on your list, Jacob? I, I have to confess, my list is already out of date. Yeah, that's fair. So this would have absolutely been on there had I just. But had it, it would have had time to think through it again. After but would it have been in your it? top twenty? Uh, it'd be pretty close. Be pretty close. No. So Brady, you, top 30 for sure. Brady, you had this at your number four. Uh, David, you had this at your number 37. So Brady, you were, you were doing a lot of the heavy lifting to get this one. Absolutely. I thought there was no, I thought this was going to be a top 10 game, like for sure. And it, it's all about what David said earlier. And that was fantastic. David, you said, what is the game trying to do and how well does it do that? And this game to me is just perfect. Like you can play this game with, completely new people give a two minute explanation of this game like almost as you're playing it um it feels very people get into the theme of it which is very like piratey you throw some piratey music on there and all of a sudden the the r's and the accents just start flying everywhere um but you can also play this with like really intense gamers who are like just mathing it out and trying to like mm. you know really bluff people and stuff i love this game this is spoiler alert. One of my only two perfect tens that I have in my so collection. The, the reason this game didn't, but make well, it, your number, then what? It was your number four overall. So you gave higher rank to something that wasn't a perfect ten. Maybe I'm anticipating maybe. what these are. I, I mean, my my biggest thing with Liar's Dice is I probably played this, you know, eight or nine. Times. It's an easy game to keep playing a lot of. So and you really you need to get I, it played about sixty times before yeah, you can the, really. Start and and yes, I've never won, and that's not the only reason I left it <laughs> off. But like, I've enjoyed the moments that have come from this game in terms of like we played Ankh for three hours. I enjoyed it. I won, and some people were miserable. And we start playing Liar's Dice, and someone says, you know, this is the most fun we've had 
all day, or this is the best game we played all day. You know, there's fun moments that come out of it. You know, when someone challenges, you get the table gets into it, but I don't actually enjoy the game in and of itself. I just, I just don't, I I don't get, I would say it's the people you play it with. Like I've only played with you all when we get into it. I enjoy playing this game with you all, but I just don't really love the game. I don't, I don't really enjoy it. It is like a pure bluffing game. And what I love is that you, you think like once it gets past you, you're kind of like off the hook. But you don't. You're in on it, and you are almost playing this weird team thing where you're like, you can no, set no, other no. people up. Yeah, you like oh, where you're sure. trying to set other people up, and you're like, okay, you know, I bluffed this time, and now I'm telling you the truth. Right now, yeah. I have no force, because, and I need you to challenge. Because one whatever. of the way people lose their dice is if, let's say, I say I have five threes, um, and then John goes next. So the only way I could lose a dice in that situation if John calls my bluff and says challenge. And reveal. So sometimes you get in a position to where, like John, may only have two dice. I still have all five of my dice, and so John, even though he doesn't think I'm telling the truth, he doesn't want to risk it because mm-hmm. those dice are his life points. I think those situations right there uh, are really, really are the most fun yeah. part of the game. So you're trying to set people up uh, to try to and, get them out, or trying to help somebody get in a position to where they don't feel that pressure, yeah. so that they can stay in and help. The, you. And the frustrating thing to me is that. I've never really felt the like, oh man, I did this totally wrong. I feel like I get in so many situations where I call, like I sit next to Steven in this game you don't have way too many times and I either call him out and it is exact. The amount of times it has happened exact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or if I were to raise the bid, I would have been called out on the next yeah. one and lost. And, and that's the feeling I don't like where you feel trapped. You're like, well, I have to call this person out because I don't think there's there's more yeah. because it's already uh, high number. And David, then you call it and then David, why you are lose. you so the then, only other logical human being in, this, in so, this list? So to jump in on that, then I think maybe John and I can definitely understand like not enjoying the, the mechanism of itself because it's almost kind of random because I mean like who yeah. the heck knows how much. I mean, yes, there's Correct. a percentage of what knowledge you know. Um, so I, I definitely get that. But I think if that position of like, well, if I don't, if I challenge, it's going to be exact, but if I raise it, I'm going to get challenged because there's no way in the world that's what I'm going to about to say is true. Maybe part of it could be you need to really table talk and influence it before it gets to you yeah. and try to get either the person before you to, to make a challenge or do something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely. I think the big part of the game is just, it's, it's almost not really like the mechanisms themselves, but you trying to, play the play table. the table and yeah. you know then from there you and just could have totally to figure just out be whether you that, derive right? from, yeah. from that and that's and you're right david that's what's so great is the rules are super super mm-hmm. simple write them down in three sentences and everything else is the players above the yeah. table just our minds going at it and uh, it's be- a it's a bluffing game that has enough luck that it smooths over um some of the competition. Yeah. For I've never her. felt like someone won this game because they were lucky. Yeah. Because well, the thing that makes it different yeah. is that ones are wild. So I only may only have access to five dice that I know out of the entire group. But if three of my dice are ones and the other ones are the same number or one and one numbers, then I know I have at least four of two different numbers. Yeah. Uh, and so that just gives you even greater knowledge of the percentages than just the dice you yeah. have. And I think that's it's, it's good. And then being able to bluff and set people up. Yeah, um, I, I enjoy but, like, compared it. The other thing for me is like I am also have like a very soft spot for the pirate theme. And yeah, so sure. I think maybe just to, to up the ante, everyone just needs to put their souls on the line. And whoever, you know, loses, <laughs> exactly. of course, that yeah, has yeah. to work for Davy yeah. Jones for the well, rest of their eternal life. So. And I do I do think this... Um, does a good job of replacing poker for me or, or doing a good job of like, ta- you know, playing a fun bluffing game without money because I, I played a lot of poker in college 
and you just cannot play poker without money. It is a, it, that is part of the game. It just does not matter um, if you're not playing for money. This one matters a, a little bit more because you are doing that, um, that last man standing or, you know, you lose yeah. a dice. It hurts a little bit more. Um, and yeah, you feel so, like you have stakes. To play yeah, for. a little bit of stakes. Because the thing is, even if you lose that one hand, you're not actually out of the game. But do that often enough, and then you are. Yeah, and you yeah. can't like shove all in if that makes sense. Because that's yeah. that's the thing that happens with poker is three hands in, five people have shoved all in because it doesn't matter. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. this yeah. is a this is a climber on on my list. This is definitely like it's at thirty seven right now. I'm gonna order the um the the one that you have right the set that you have. And hopefully, you know, over the holidays, I could definitely see this. Yeah, yeah I could see this going more. up on my list too. And, and, and to your point, maybe I, you know, from an objective game standpoint, I don't necessarily love it, but uh, from a table interaction and, and it is, it is fun to play. Like, I don't hate this game. I just didn't put it in my top 50. Um, so just, I could, uh, I could move up. Who knows? Just looking at the lists here and we can kind of see where everything is. So of the 10 games that we have listed, Nine of them were not on Matthew's list. Well, I have the total numbers of <laughs> what how many, that, what how many people you? from Matthew each person's only, list. Matthew only likes good games. <laughs> well, I can tell you Matthew games. is not the person with the most <laughs> games on his top 50 on the collective top 50. No, but okay. I'm saying in the top yeah, 15. No, no spoilers yet. I'm just the, observing it, what is happening no, right now. No, but I'm saying in the top 15, Matthew's going to be represented. Okay. And so, and I have already launched, um, you know, two of two of my top 10. I've got my number yeah. four and my number five. And I, so I Same tried to David, shove four, them in five. there. Um, yeah. David's got four and seven. seven yeah. And then you guys don't have any of your top 10 in there. No. Yeah. yeah my uh, 25. And, but also too, half of the, those first 10 are party games too. Um, and so most of those are yeah. uh, party and games. Matthew's too good to play party games. No, I mean, that's what I heard. I enjoy for sale. It's been <laughs> forever since we've done it. Uh, the big thing, I guess, with me, with Wavelength, like I said before, is the time and deception is just not interesting. But Liar's Dice and Don't Mess With Cthulhu, we have an entire evening just with those two games, and I would be happy. And it wasn't on your list. Nope. So just just wait for the bangers that are going to be coming down the line. Well, I am like super excited about this. And and the fact that that John was magical enough to be able to set it up to where we don't see the spoilers happening. We're seeing them one. We're we're learning about them at the same time you all are. So I'm super excited about the next few episodes where we. What are the odds Matthew actually keeps it a secret between now and the next episode? No, yeah, no. If you look at it, we're done. If you come in here and what Matthew loves to do with Gloomhaven is go, well, I heard. Heard. I heard well, I in heard. the conversations yeah. I'm having with my coworkers about Gloomhaven. Yeah, I, yeah. I, well, I heard that, about that this, this character that I'm getting yeah. might have this, or yeah. that this heard scenario might somewhere. be where we want to go. It's yeah. called a forum. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So no spoilers here. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy some of this game. And this is, I think, you know, as we do lists in the past and in the future, you kind of everyone does this, but you kind of see a lot of the same games popping up because we're playing with each other. You know, we like what we like or whatever. And so this will help give a holistic view of what the Uh, discussion. I know we've only gone through 10, but are there any games where you're worried that they may not make the list, but you're really hoping that they do? I have one that I know won't make the list, but I want to give it an honorable mention. I'm hoping Concordia makes it, but I don't think it's going to make it. Hmm? Who knows? It was, oh, you'd be surprised, Brady. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to have honorable mentions at the end of the... Yeah, the, or like some of your games that yeah, didn't make we'll, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about in the In Memoriam. Yeah, the ones now, we... Now, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, but, um, and I saw that on the previous list before Jacob ruined everything, 
Um, that pandemic legacy season one was at like 49. Um, was, I'm genuinely surprised that Jacob didn't have it on his list. That was because an error. There was, there was a spelling change. So the issue with the, the format is I had to make sure everyone spelled the games exactly the same. Otherwise, the formulas oh. that find them don't work and pull in the right things. So that oh, game so you're might. you're telling me there's a chance. I'm telling you that game will most likely show up later on oh. in the list. Okay, I was about to say I was I was going to be think, surprised if Jacob. I think it that. is an absolute travesty and an atrocity if a legacy style game that we can't play more than nine or ten times makes it on top fifty games of all time. Yeah, I disagree. What? I think that's insane. When, when are we ever going to play Legacy Season One ever again for the rest of our lives? It doesn't matter though. That doesn't you know what? that doesn't take away the quality but of the experience. Thing, I have I've played that game like twelve times. How many times have you played Agizia? Three or four. Uh, yeah, and how many times oh. can I continue playing it? As many times as I, I don't want know. To. I don't feel like after fifteen, I could play plays it with of... a different group. Yeah, no. and no, no. if we're talking about gaming experiences, Jacob knows this, but we had I still to this day, Pandemic Legacy Season One provided some of the best moments I have ever, and multiple I have ever had in board yeah. games ever. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. Um, that's we great. Can... I, I, I am. I am. Can't wait for next week to come. Uh, any faster because I'm ready to see what the next section of this list holds. I'm excited. Right. I do want to talk about uh, the voting from our previous episode yeah. where we did a draft of the top 100 games uh, and we will be doing a giveaway. I will find and contact the winner of the Amazon gift card before our next episode, which we can announce, but I do have the final tally. So the interesting thing was one person was ahead in the Instagram only voting, but we do have the discord, which added some extra votes to actually have a tie for first place. So unfortunately I got third. I only had uh, 22 total votes, but Matthew and Brady both tied at 24 for the top list of okay, last wait, week. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait. All right. I just want to clarify because someone, I'm not going to point any fingers, used the discussion phase list or the discussion phase Instagram to like his own post. Ooh, we, I, we remove, I, that. Did re, I did remove that. Okay, okay, not okay, being okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, um so I think so, you tied. I don't know if there's a tiebreaker or or what. But, yeah, there's um, going to be a tiebreaker. We'll come up with it eventually. But yeah, we're tied 24 to 24. Um, since I won the Instagram votes, I feel like I'm the voice of the people. Well, like that's the common. People's. I don't know. Our dedicated fans are on the Discord. Discord. So. I, yeah, but they're but th those are like hardcore people, and those their are, opinion matters more. I got the most I votes on the Discord. Agree with fact, that. so. And so, right. Hey, Brady, listen, I'll shake your hand. You had no, more spice than no, I did. Gonna, you win. Nope. Get out of here. Well, he just offered an olive branch and you just spat in his face. Yeah. All no, right. I'm not taking a tie on this. Well, here we go. David, do you have any fun board game trivia or board game knowledge that you could ask uh, no, Brady no, and I right now? No, we're not going to do this trivia. Are you kidding me? He just offered trivia. He's a god at trivia. You guys no. should play Liar's Dice against each other and see yeah, who wins. Head to head. No, David, we'll, we'll do something no, in the Hold future. on. David, ask. You have some little designer, artist, some board game. <laughs> <It> can, <laughs> this can, is so unfair. David, no, it's not. David, you could even ask a question about a component in a board game or a year a board game okay. came out or like a detail of the art not, on the board. I am not. Ask us a trivia question about any board game. No. Any, any way, and we'll see who can answer it first. How many teeth are showing in the I, I cover will, box of Concordia from the creepy lady? Uh, huh? No, I'm just kidding. What do you say, David? <laughs> he said he, I will abstain. Yeah. Thank you, David. All right, we'll figure something Be out that's reasonable. fair. All right. We'll figure right. something out that's fair, because I do live for trivia, and we need to figure I, a night. Actually, I have an idea in the future. We'll, yeah. we'll do it. Hey, listen, we but, need to get a uh, trivia night in, guys. Yeah, for I mean, sure. 
But uh, on our list too, I will be posting these in the Discord as we go along, so you can follow along. I will be tagging them as spoilers, yeah. so you won't have it spoiled for you before you go. But definitely want to hear what people think um, yeah. about our top fifty so far. And we've been enjoying the Discord. We haven't mentioned it any of this episode, but uh, the Discord is alive and well. We have uh, sections there, channels for recent plays, for new purchases. We have a channel uh, set up for each episode, so you can let us know what you think, your thoughts and opinions of our rankings so far, and anything else. Is we also have some links for resources mm -hmm. for things that we use when we're finding uh, things for our games. And so, yeah, just check it out and uh, you can join up and um, have a chance to so just let us know your thoughts, your inputs. I know one of our Discord uh, uh, members there, he was posting some recent plays of Gaia Project that mm -hmm. actually has me uh, hyped a little bit to want to try that one out. I know usually we are a little... Uh, little hesitant for some space games but Ugh, I mean, we love terra mystica so much that i i can't be willing to give it a try yeah i give it a try as well as that's uh, gonna land on the list oh my oh. gosh top five well i didn't help without any I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right um i Brady's think he's like can i give it a negative 50 right yeah please um okay so i think we're running a little long i think so we're gonna cut the um the board game head to head we'll sh save that for another time um but yeah I'm yeah, well, excited to see where this list goes. Yeah, well, that's going to be it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, and listening. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. I'm John. I'm David. And this has been The, the Discussion, Discussion Phase. Phase. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the discussion phase. If you enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at the discussion phase for new posts, reviews, and thoughts on recent games. You can also follow us on discord at the discussion phase and let us know what you think about every discussion and every topic that we have coming up. Thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs>